Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in the series we're doing called Naturally Supernatural. And uh, this series is all about uh, looking at the, the model that Jesus gives us for life and ministry. And that uh, he, he says some really wild stuff that, that we're supposed to be doing greater things than these. And if you, if you read some of the stuff that Jesus did, you know that's a pretty wild statement. And yet that's what we're called to. And, and I believe that he's a, he's a great example of this natural, supernatural lifestyle. And so we've been, we've been digging into that over the weeks. We're going to spend time in the book of John looking at these encounters that he has with, with people and situations and, and see how he reacts. Um, we're going to be looking in John chapter 4 today. Let's go ahead and do the scripture reading. This is uh, verse 23, and it's there in your notes. And it's the, uh, this is out of the message paraphrase for the reading today. It says this, But the time is coming. It has, in fact, come when what you're called will not matter and where you go to worship will not matter. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before Him in their worship. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Um, I think it's a great description of what we're looking at. A naturally supernatural life. Um, People that are simply and honestly themselves before Him in their worship. That that we bring this part uh, of us into uh, the presence of the Holy God and we just love on Him. Um, knowing that we've got a long way to go and that we're not perfect yet and that we're still a mess and yet God wants to use us in this world, uh, that, that he's given us a mission and a purpose and a ministry and that all that ties together on this journey. And so that's what we're talking about, living naturally supernatural lives. Remember our resources that we have um, that we'll be continuing to dig into um, are prayer and the Word and the Holy Spirit. That we have these resources that Jesus models for us as a guide to uh, this naturally supernatural life. And that what we're doing along the way is, is we're looking at, um, in order to do what he did, that these are some things that we need to be looking at as we look at these encounters. We need to think like he thought, see like he saw, love like he loved, and serve like he served. That those are the things that we're looking for. Uh, in these encounters so we can get an idea of what that looks like. And last week we looked at the, uh, the encounter he had with Nicodemus and uh, today we're going to look at a totally different encounter um, and yet the heart of the message is the same. In this encounter we're going to look at the encounter he has with a Samaritan woman at a well in John chapter 4. Now this woman... She's a lot different than Nicodemus. Remember, Nicodemus was a religious and a political leader, a uh, high stature in his community, and, and he would have prided himself on his high morals. I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying that's who Nicodemus was. This woman at the well is different now. She's a Samaritan. First off, you have to understand that the religious community at the time had sort of they wouldn't have anything to do with the Samaritans at all. The, the religious, established religious Jewish community thought that the Samaritans were half-breeds, even though they, they worshipped the same God, and they wouldn't have anything to do with them. So her whole uh, race, if you would, was outcast. She's further outcast um, from her community as evidenced by the fact that she's going to the well alone. 
the, uh, in biblical times, that water-drawing time at the well would have been a social event. Um, the, 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 the women of the community would have gone together, and this would have been a time when they chatted and talked and, and, and hung out and did all those things. It would have been a very highly social time. And yet this particular woman came up by herself. And we'll find out why as we read the story along the way, that, that in, in her own community, the way that she was living um, was keeping her, you know, the rest of the community, she was further outcast, let's put it that way. So, so this is the encounter that we're going to look at today with Jesus and this woman at the well. And, and out of it, we're going to come up with just, I think, five quick points uh, about how, how it needs to impact us. And, and the first thing that I want to put there in your notes is we need to be willing to serve. Um, you know, I said that uh, in order to live naturally supernatural, we have to look at how Jesus served, and, and we need to be willing to serve as well. John 4, 4 through 6 says this, Now he, speaking of Jesus, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, it was about the sixth hour. Did you ever notice that Jesus gets tired? Fully God, fully man, and yet he was tired from the journey. That's scripture. So, so sometimes people go, oh, he didn't experience that. He experienced everything that we experienced yet without sin. So he, he knew what it felt like. So he was tired, and he sits down. By the well, it's about six o'clock. Um, verse four is also very interesting. Because of the way it's written, it says he had to go through Samaria. Now, why that's interesting is that the, the religious community at the time, like I said, had such a dislike of the Samaritans that they, they wouldn't walk through it. Even though it was more convenient, they would walk around it. That was, they, they just didn't want to deal with Samaritans. Whenever you see Jesus using the Samaritans in a parable, he's really trying to reach out to the, the religious Jewish community there because they don't like them and they've totally done away with them. They wouldn't interact with them. And so um, almost everyone would have gone around it to get where they were going, but not Jesus. Jesus went right through it. Why? Jesus had a mission. See, Jesus would go anywhere for one more. That's why we talk about that all the time. He would go anywhere for one more. It was his mission. Luke 19.10 says, The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. So, so he had to go through because he, he knew that there was this divine encounter waiting for him, a divine appointment. Um, and, and we need to be aware of these things in our own lives, that, that there will be times when um, God will put something right in front of us and we need to be willing to serve, even if it means... We're going to go out of our way or not go out of our way or whatever it looks like because we don't want to miss an appointment that God has set up for us in a divine way. And they happen often. Um, it's one of the things I pray for fairly routinely. I can't tell you I do it every day, but fairly routinely I pray, God, let me please put divine appointments in my life today just so I'm ready to do whatever. And, and he does. He's very faithful to answer that prayer if you're willing to sort of go along with what that looks like. Jesus was. He went through a different route because he knew that's where he was. I believe he knew that's where he was going to meet this woman. And this is a significant encounter. So, so we always need to be ready and willing to serve just like he did. That's part of being naturally supernatural. Um, sometimes we get so stuck in our own schedule that we miss God. Um, 
and, and we get busy, you've heard me saying this, doing good things and we miss God things. And we just got to be willing to kind of check things out and look, stop, think, ask. God, is this what, what I need to be doing right now? Is this more important than my own schedule? One time, I, I, some of you are new so you haven't heard this story. If you've been here for a long time, you might have heard it. It's an old story. but Years ago, um, I used to be a youth pastor here. And this was a long time ago now. And uh, with the youth group, we, I was always taking them out and doing stuff. And um, we, were, we were doing a little work in, a, in Marathon, a little church planning. And so before I went up there, I would take this group of youth with me and we would go wash windshields. And, and uh, we'd leave little cards, you know, on the thing saying, hey, we just wanted to bless you today. And we're, by the way, we're meeting tonight over at the, I think we were meeting at the school at the time at 7. If you'd like to come, we'd love to have you. And so we were doing, and the idea was serving people. We're going to do this servant event and we're going to serve people, right? So I'm, I'm heading up to Marathon and I feel rushed in my own schedule. And I'm driving up to Marathon and across the seven mile bridge, there's a van pulled off to the side and a woman in it and she's in obvious distress having vehicle problems. Now, <laughs> what, I, what I have to tell you is that I did stop but not immediately. Um, because I saw it and thought, uh-huh, we should probably do something. And then I thought, yeah, but I need to go and do this servant evangelism thing, so maybe we should just go right on and take care of it. Do you get how ironic that is or how silly that is, that, that God had placed a opportunity to serve right there on the bridge? And I'm, I'm literally blowing by the whole process until I, I feel the Lord sort of say, no, here, this is where you need to be. So we, we pull off and... We go. Um, now, the, this this lady. Um, so and so, I'm, I'm just sort of in front of her, and she comes trotting up, and she looks in, and it's me and like half a dozen teenage boys and one teenage girl that happened to be with me at the time. And I said, "Hey, would you like us to give you a ride?" And she looks in, and she goes, "No." <laughs> and so I, I had to spend three or four minutes convincing her that it would be really safe for her to get in the van, you know. Look, this is what we're doing. This is why we stopped, you know. And, and the, the girl that was there, she said, it'll be okay, come on. And so we, we took her in the car and we got her up and we got gas and we got back. And then she, the whole time we were talking to her, we were able to tell her what we were doing and that, you know, we felt like God had made the stop and everything. And it, and it had a little impact on her at the time. So that's what we did that day. But I brought that whole story up to tell you I could have totally missed it because I thought that what I was going to do to wash windshields was more important than an immediate thing that was right in my path. And so we have to be looking for those things or we can miss them. They happen all the time. So we need to be ready and willing to serve just like he did. Now, uh, the next part of this, and we've looked at it, but we'll, we'll deepen it. The second point in your notes there, I, I want to look at God's amazing grace once again. See, we, we have to be a people of grace. Uh, if we're not a grace-filled people, we can't be naturally supernatural. Uh, you just can't do it. And so um, God's grace is this amazing display of his love. And, and his interaction with this woman is amazing at the well. And what happens? Verses uh, 7 through 10, it goes on. It says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered him, her. If you knew the gift of God 
and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. That's a huge statement. If you knew the gift of God, living water, eternal life, grace, all you need to do is ask, and he'll give it to you. Um, see, Jesus is telling this woman, woman, just like he had Nicodemus, that God's dealings with humanity are on the basis of grace. And, and so what you, you need to plug into is that our relationship with God is not about what we do, but it's based on what God is willing to do for us. And that's huge that you get that. It's huge that you get that. Our relationship with God is not based on what we do. It's based on what He is willing to do for us. That's grace. And apart from that, we end up in trouble. See, the moment we start to think that this relationship is about what we do, we get legalistic. We get, we, and, and when then we're not useful. We forget about grace, which is what had happened to the people when Jesus came. They lost it. Just, just like he'd gone with Nicodemus. You've got the law. You've forgotten grace and love and mercy. And so we have to be ever mindful of this grace and that, that that's what it's based on. It's not on our performance. It's about what he's willing to do for us. He, and he demonstrated the lengths he would go to for us at the cross. Huge in the journey. So in this encounter, Jesus knows all about this woman, which we're going to find out in a minute. She's got some issues. And yet he extends to her this offer, this gift of life everlasting. That's amazing love. That's amazing grace. And when we're being grace-filled people, graceful people, will love like he loved, which is what he wants us to do. Now, to see like he saw, which we've been talking about, the third point here, is, is we have to put away the labels. We have to put away the labels. And by that I mean we have this habit, and we've been talking about it a lot, of labeling people. And the moment we label someone as this sin or that sin or whatever sin, we treat them differently. Um, if we even... Um, Sometimes we, you know, we even label people good and bad and stuff, and, and we treat them differently, and we have to put away the labels. We've got to quit labeling people, because it's impacting the way that we relate with them. Um, and, and so we, we have to continually work on this. Now, see, when you look at this, you need to know that Jesus knows this woman's, um, the way she's living and stuff, and yet it doesn't change the way that he relates with her at all. He offers her... Uh, the gift of eternal life uh, and, and all that it means. He talks to her about grace. And, um, you know, John four sixteen through 19, listen. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. And sir, she says, I can see that you're a prophet. I always get a kick out of that response. Because what else, what, what else do you say at that moment? Um, and that's all she's got. But here's the thing. According to those verses, there are a whole bunch of labels that we could put on the woman at the well. We could just start and we could label her all sorts of things. Her co own community had labeled her. Because they wouldn't let her draw water with the rest of the women. They had pushed her away by these labels. But not Jesus. He's saying... And why that's so important. He knows all about this woman. He knows all about her life, all about her issues, um, everything that she is, and yet he offers to her hope in life, just as he had to Nicodemus. See, see, we need to see people like Jesus did, not as good or bad, 
But we have to realize that the main issue in, in, in a naturally supernatural life is we encounter other people, and as our hope is to bring them to Jesus, and to get one more lost child back to Dad, that we always need to, to ask God to help us get to the heart of the matter. We need to get to the heart of the person or situation instead of getting stuck at all these weird, surfacey, labely things where we normally get stuck. We need to ask God to help us get right to the heart of the matter. And to do that, we've got to think like he thought. See, so we have to transform a lot of our thinking. He, John 4, 23 and 24, it says, Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So he's making this huge statement here. And we read it in the paraphrase too. It's not about um, where you're from, where you're called, what you're called, where you go to worship. It's not about any of those things. It's about people with sincere hearts pursuing the truth, which is Christ, in their worship. And, and that, that's what really matters. And it's not about where they're coming from. It's about their hearts moving towards God. And see, Jesus knows all about that. When he encountered Nicodemus, um, he, what he talked about there was he made the point that everyone will stand condemned before God. Now, that's what he says to Nicodemus. Why did he say that to Nicodemus? Nicodemus was a very religious man who took pride in his law-keeping. And, and so he didn't recognize his need for God's grace. And so he, he had to be made aware of the fact that, that his... his uh, the way he was living his life, which looked really good, wasn't enough. And so Jesus, that was how Jesus showed grace to him. This woman at the well, however, is different. And, and Jesus is, is talking to her. And, and we said this last week. We all know we're a mess. She's well aware of her sin. And, and so Jesus didn't talk to her about condemnation. He talked to her about worshipers. And, and it's fascinating why he did that. See, like I said, with Nicodemus, he needed to see himself as a sinner in order to understand grace. The woman who knew she was a sinner needed to see herself as a person of worth and value. Do you see the difference? Two people that needed God. One, one that the, we would have labeled good and one that we would have labeled bad. And yet they needed to see grace and their need for God. And the one who thought he was good in his own strength, Jesus had to demonstrate to him and say to him, look, you can't make it that way. But to the one who already knew she was a mess, she knew. And he'd already called her on it. She needed to know that God still saw her as a person of value and worth. And said, That's, you're the kind of person God wants as a worshiper. Just come. Receive grace. Come on in. So that is critical in being naturally supernatural. Now... And because of how he saw her, because of the way that Jesus saw this woman, there's this tremendous result. That's the fourth, fifth point. says the result. John 4, 25 and 26. I'll read you a few verses. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming, and when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Verse 28 and 30. Then leaving her water jar... The woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And they came out of the town and they made their way toward him. Now here's what happens. The woman gets it. 
she she gets she gets grace, she gets the living water, she gets it. Because she leaves the water jar behind. She gets that what she just got was way better than that. And and she's she says, This is really good news. I gotta go and tell everybody else. Even though they'd kicked her out, kind of. She's like, This is and so she goes to share the good news. And she becomes a very effective evangelist. See, most people the, the established community would have never seen her that way. Jesus sees this woman as a, the potential that she has, and he, and he offers her grace, and she accepts it, living water. She goes into the town, and she tells people, in verse 40, 39, it says, Many of the Samaritans, Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. They believed. They, and, and, then, and then they said, hang out with us for a couple of days. And he does. See, but... but do you see this woman's immediate impact of her ministry in the kingdom of God? The moment she accepted it, and Jesus saw that potential in her. She went from the town outcast to having a significant part in sparking a revival right there in her town. So to me, that's cool stuff. That's a naturally supernatural life. That's the kind of things that we're, we're all called to. It's a picture of the life he's calling us to live. His amazing grace says to each one of us that no matter... Where we are on the good and bad scale, if there were such a thing, that we count. That we matter to God. And that God knows you as you are, and he still cares about you. But with this amazing love and grace. And, and he cares so much that he sent his son. That we might have eternal life. And become his children. And become true worshipers. And that's the heart of this encounter. So these encounters, I, I believe if we look at them, they'll change the way that we relate to people. And we have, there's so much we can do in, in the encounters that God gives us in, in getting one more lost child back to dad. And so think about this as we look at what it means to live a naturally supernatural life. These are all parts of it. We've got to be willing to serve. We've got to be people that are grace-filled, graceful people on the journey. Um, always trying to see the beauty of potential that, that Jesus saw and, and then, you know, uh, approaching them so that we can get to the heart of the matter. So that ultimately they can be restored into the kingdom and, and into relationship with God. That's what we're looking at in a naturally supernatural life. life and that's enough for today. If you're watching by video, thank you for watching. God bless you. If you need anything, call us, write us. We'll do whatever we can to help you. And I guess if you're watching on TV, that counts for you too. God bless you guys. We're going to close with prayer.